uh, last Sunday morning when I was with you, uh, we left uh, the Lord Jesus Christ on the top of the Mount of Transfiguration uh, with three disciples, Peter, James, and John. They'd seen a vision of Jesus Christ in all of his glory. Now, wouldn't it be great if we could just stay on top of that mountain? Uh, those of you who have come to know the Lord, uh, don't you think sometimes, oh Lord, why can't we uh, have a mountaintop experience that will last the rest of our lives? When I was saved in 1990, I was on the mountaintop for weeks. But you know what happened then? I had to descend. And going down a mountain is much harder than going up especially when you get older and your knees are weaker. And these three, with the Lord Jesus, had to go down the Mount of Transfiguration. And that's what we're going to look at uh, this morning. The contrast between the brightness of the transfigured Christ on the summits and the valley that they're going down to with all of its problems is quite something. Now, Raphael... Uh, the great painter, his last piece, which was unfinished, is all about this, interestingly. Uh, he's got three levels in his painting. The top level is obviously the summit of the mountain, where you have Jesus Christ in the brightness of his glory. The next level are the three disciples who were there with him, Peter, James, and John, shielding their eyes from this glory. And you can guess what the third level is. It's dark, the valley of gloom, where you have this case that we read about, a man with a demon-possessed son, unable to do anything about it, and not just him unable to do anything about it, Jesus' disciples flummoxed. And I think Raphael makes some of the disciples who don't know what to do... <laughs> Look up to Jesus with outstretched hands. Help, Lord. We can't do it. So very, very quickly, I want to start talking about the valley of gloom. Do you know what I'm talking about, the valley of gloom? That's where we're living. This world is a dark place spiritually. Uh, now, uh, you may uh, know people who live in very beautiful parts of the world. Uh, uh, we have a beautiful uh, part of the world here in Wales. But sometimes the most beautiful places physically are spiritually uh, the darkest. Now look at the scene uh, that faced these disciples here. Um, I'm just adding details from all three Gospels. What a tragic case this demon-possessed boy is. Uh, he's not only seized by a demon, but this demon throws him to the ground causes him to foam at the mouth, gnashing his teeth, and become rigid. That talks about seizures. And not only does it do that, it causes him to scream, and it causes him to self-mutilate. That's in Luke's Gospel. Dr. Luke brings that out. And maybe one of the saddest things is the demon causes this boy to want to kill himself by trying to throw himself in the fire or in the water. And the demon has also caused him to become deaf and dumb. Now, listen to this. If a person is mute or deaf, 
it does not necessarily mean that they're demon-possessed. Most cases of such people are not demon-possessed. And if a person has seizures, that's not usually caused by the devil. But in this case, you've got a poor, poor person who is, in a way, the worst-case scenario. Do, do you know there's a devil who's real? It's not just God who's real. There's Satan and he's real. And you know what Satan is trying to do? He's trying to destroy what God has created. And in you and me, he's trying to destroy that image of God. Now, we may not see that. Or we think we may not see that. Um, those of you who are street pastors, you go out on St. Mary Street and Queen Street on Friday and Saturday nights, you may see something of that destructive work of the devil. It's horrible, isn't it? How humanity is demeaned by Satan. Uh, those of us who've been to Badachen, it's, oh, it's an oppressive place. That institution in Moldova, where, where you've got people thrown into it and left there without their families even seeing them again. People who are physically uh, mutilated. Oh, when we're camping outside of the institution in the summer, we can hear at night the screams coming from inside. People harming themselves, others uh, injuring others. That's what the devil is trying to do ultimately. But hang on. What about you and me? You know, th this pulpit, it's got a lovely, shiny veneer. But once you get beyond the veneer... What, what are we like? You know, we've got this religious, respectable veneer, haven't we? But when you remove that veneer, what are our hearts like? Are we any better, really? Maybe we haven't gone as far as some of these cases. But listen to this hymn. Isn't this true of us, if we're honest? How sad our state by nature is. Our sin, how deep it stains. And Satan binds our captive minds fast in his slavish chains. Um, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, a famous preacher in Wales, he was a doctor in Harley Street in London, very posh parts, before he went to Port Albert as a pastor. And do you know what made him go into the ministry? He saw rich people with all the wealth in the world coming to see him in Harley Street. And their problems were mostly not physical. It was the mind. It was this dissatisfaction. It was this horrible slavery to sinful habits. And if we're all honest with ourselves here this morning, aren't we just like that? Get behind the surface. And we're all struggling, aren't we? We are all trying to keep up an appearance. Whereas in our hearts, if we're honest, we're saying, I failed I just can't do it. So that's my first point. It's a valley of gloom. Uh, somebody called this world a veil of tears. A veil of tears. Now my second point. Powerlessness. Powerlessness. This poor boy couldn't do anything about his condition. His father couldn't deal with it. 
The disciples, now this is amazing, the disciples couldn't deal with it. The disciples had been given authority to cast out demons. And on another occasion, they'd been successful. But in this occasion, they couldn't deal with it. Were they trying to follow the same pattern as before? Were they putting their trust not in the Lord, but in the method? I don't know. Now, let me give you this illustration. Uh, going to the funeral yesterday of this gentleman I mentioned in my children's talk, I was going to the Vale of Neath. Um, have you been to the Vale of Neath from the Merthyr side? Because when you leave Merthyr on the heads of the valleys road, there's a slight hill, isn't there? And do you know what I experienced in my car going up that hill yesterday? I experienced powerlessness. Powerlessness. And it's a horrible thing. The engine of my car was losing power. And I was trying to change the gears, but the power, the power was draining out of the car. And then when the orange light saying that your engine is failing starts to flash, you know you're in serious trouble. And for 10 minutes, I was stuck in the middle of the heads of the valleys road. There's no hard shoulder or lay-by there. My car had lost power. I'd lost power. I couldn't do anything. Couldn't do anything. My friend, you and I are in the same position when it comes to sin, temptation, the devil. We can't do it. We are powerless. Now, look at what... Uh, the disciples and the scribes, the religious leaders were doing. They were discussing. They were discussing the situation. Aren't we good at discussing? We, we sometimes have committee meetings and they go on. Pray for elders on Friday. Now, we don't go on. You know, sometimes we can discuss the problem until the cows come home. Not that I know what that means. <laughs> but discussing the problem is not going to solve it because we don't have the power, do we? We don't have the power. And it's not just as a group of people we're powerless. If you think of yourself as an individual, I don't know what your uh, sinful habit may be, uh, or maybe you're trying to save yourself. You know you're not right with God. You know Jesus will save you, but you just can't do it because you're trying in your own strength. Now, haven't you come to the point where you realize, I don't have the power. I just can't do it. Um, the toothpaste tub. Those of you who are older, do you remember the metal toothpaste tubs? Do you, do you remember the metal tooth, toothpaste tubs? I used to have, when I was a boy, this toothpaste called SR. Do you remember SR coming in a metal tub? It was really strong mints. They don't do metal tubs anymore, do they? And do you remember, as the toothpaste was... Uh, uh, being used up, you were trying to squeeze every bit of toothpaste out of the tube. And so you'd kind of fold the metal tube up. And you know what would happen then? The toothpaste, instead of coming out in the normal place, there would be cracks in the metal and the toothpaste would be coming out of the cracks. It was very frustrating. Don't you find it like that, trying to deal with sin? Oh, you think you've dealt with a sin and then what's happening is this. It's coming out of the cracks. It's coming out somewhere else. Because the problem is not the outward. It's not my sinful habits. Do you know what the problem is? It's my heart. My heart. My heart. I've started doing some gardening now because things are beginning to grow. 
and I've got some ivy. Have you got ivy in your garden? Do, do you know what I tried doing last year? I thought I'd got rid of it because I would just kind of, I don't know, I would just try to pull it and the ivy was just snapping or I'd take shears and try to cut it. But the ivy's come back. It's come back with vengeance. Do you know why? The ivy needs to be pulled out in its roots. That's where we need to be dealt with. I need a new heart. You need a new heart. And we are powerless. Didn't we sing? I need thy presence. Do you feel that? I didn't need a discussion when I was stuck in my car on the heads of the valleys road. I didn't need instruction. I was trying to look at my booklet. I didn't need that. Do you know what I needed? I needed somebody to come and save me. That's what you need. I need thy presence every passing hour. What but thy grace can foil the tempter's power? Who like thyself my guide and stay can be? Through cloud and sunshine, whether we're on the mountaintop or in the valley of gloom, O oh Lord, abide with me. Powerlessness. But my third point, and this is what I want to dwell on, the power of Jesus Christ. Isn't that great? We've got somebody who has the power, the power to save us from sin, the power to deliver us from the devil and the temptations that we are afflicted with. Um, again, those of you who are older, sorry to make a point about cars, but I can't help it. Do, do you remember that old AA advert? Do, do you remember that advert where you had a car breaking down and somebody else stopping trying to help this person uh, and this person looking inside the bonnet and saying, sorry, I can't help you. But he didn't stop there, did he? He said, I can't help you, but I know a man who can. I know a man who can. I feel a bit like that this morning. I can't help you. I'm in the same position as you. We are all sinners, aren't we? We're all afflicted with the same disease. We are all, as it were, dying people. It'll be our funeral one day. And I'm preaching to you as a dying man, two dying men and women. But this is my point. I know a man who has the power. I know a man who can. I know a man who can. And you know him, don't you? I know his name. Jesus is his name. Jesus is his name. Do, do you know what Jesus said to these people here? This poor father and his son, the poor disciples who are absolutely helpless. Do you know what he said? Bring him to me. Isn't that good? Bring him to me. Have you got sons or daughters who are messed up, even if they're not messed up, who are not saved yet, and you've tried? Bring them to the man who can. Bring them to me. Have you tried saving yourself? Have you tried, like that toothpaste, <laughs> dealing with sin and it coming out somewhere else? Come to me, says Jesus. 
come to me. I think I mentioned this before. It's so good, I want to mention it again. They, they were having a committee meeting. You know, there's nothing new about having church committees. There's nothing wrong with a church committee, incidentally. There's nothing new with a church committee. The Calvinistic Methodists in the 19th century used to have church committees, and they had a problem. They had a problem with drunkards in one committee, and they were having long discussions. What shall we do with the drunkards? Not with the drunken sailor, but with the drunkards. <laughs> and you know, one preacher got up in this committee, and he'd had enough. He'd had enough. He said, I want to offer them for sale to whoever will have them. Who will take them? Who will take them? The preacher's John Elias. Anglicans, will you take them? We? No. We have promised in baptism to renounce the devil and all his works. We can't take them. Congregationalists, will you take them? We? No, we left the Church of England because of guilt by association. We can't take them. Baptists, will you take them? No way. We baptize our people in water as a sign that they've been cleansed. We can't take them. Methodists, will you take them? No. Good works is a matter of life with us. We don't want them. Who will take them? Who will take them? And then he said, I can hear Jesus saying, I will take them. I will take them. Unclean to be washed, drunkards to be sobered, in all their filth and degradation, I will take them and I will cleanse them in mine own blood. Do you know what happened to that committee meeting? It became a meeting of praise and prayer. Bring them to me. Now, very, very quickly, how does Jesus do it? He's the man who can. If we come to him, how does he do it? Another apology for using an illustration about cars. I was helping somebody uh, with their car a few weeks ago, and they were telling me about getting stuck, breaking down on the edge of the road, and they had somebody come, but that person wasn't from one of the authorised uh, help uh, people. He wasn't authorised. My friends, Jesus Christ is authorised. Jesus, the name, high over all. Jesus is authorised by God the Father, God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, became a man with authority to deal with your sin and my... He's authorised, right? Uh, this unauthorised person who checked the car of my friends, he didn't even open the bonnet. Imagine that. Somebody coming to help and he doesn't even open the bonnet. Jesus Christ opened the bonnet. He got his hands dirty. He went all the way to the cross. He went to the depths of the valley of gloom. He went to hell on the cross. Because on that cross he died. Not for his own sin. But for your sin and mine. Do, do you know this? This is one of my favorite hymns. Can you see it? 
faith see the place and see the tree where heaven's prince instead of me was nailed to bear my shame. Bruised was the devil, the dragon by the sun, where two had wounds, there conquered only one. And Jesus is his name. That's the one who can. Jesus, opening, as it were, the bonnets of our condition, getting his hands dirty by becoming unclean for you and for me on that cross. Oh, don't you want to go to him? He commands the demon to come out because on that cross he dealt with the devil he dealt with sin he dealt with death and then when the demon comes out the poor boy is as dead and you know what jesus did he took him by the hand and raised him up and the word in the original for that is he resurrected him isn't that good he resurrected him that's what jesus does to you and to me he didn't just deal with our sin on the cross we're not just dead to sin when we're in him but we're alive we've received new life it's it's like your car breaking down and you can't do anything about it and the mechanic comes and this mechanic is authorized and this mechanic opens the boots and he gets his hands dirty and he says my friend it's a really big problem you need a new engine. You need a new engine. And that's what you and I need. We need a new heart. We need the old heart to be taken out. And we need a new living spiritual heart. And that's what Jesus does. He makes us new creatures. Isn't that amazing? I, I've got to finish here. But my question is this. Have you gone to Jesus Christ? Or are you still trying to do it yourself? Come to him. Come to him. You know what, when you break down sometimes, what they say to you, if you manage to get uh, assistance on the phone, can you drive the car to a garage? That's what they ask you. Can you drive the car to a garage? Do you know what I say when I'm thinking spiritually I can't I Lord I can't I can't even come to you do you know what he'll do he'll come to you <laughs> where you're at roadside assistance roadside assistance and we're on the road to hell and praise be to God he comes to us where we're at you know some garages they're not open are they the garage I called yesterday the sales department was open, but the garage that fixed the car was shut. Jesus is open 24-7, 24-7. Uh, well, I've got to finish there, but I know a man who can. Jesus Christ, he's done what is needed. Jesus, the name to sinners dear, the name to sinners given. It scatters all their guilty fears it turns their hell to heaven can you hear those warning sirens oh our time isn't long in this world is it it's a veil of tears a veil of gloom and it ends with death eternal death oh may we hear the warnings in god's word 
and come to Jesus Christ before it's too late, whoever we are, and find in him forgiveness, a new heart, and healing, healing. May, may we come to him.